0: real news. Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is January 29th, 2020. It's Wednesday, it's hump day. And boy, does it feel like uh, the last final days of this month are actually going slower than normal? Or is it me? I'm pretty sure all of us are feeling it, right? So what does that mean? That means we're coming to the conclusion of this first month of the year that has been so busy, so insane, and so fast paced that this month went faster than anything. And you know what? Next month is a short month and it's going to be one of the longest ones of the year. See, we came out of the gate. But now, as the race begins, we see the sprints. That's what's coming down now, guys. Those sprints are coming down now, and it's going to be pretty incredible to watch. Every weekday, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, I'm here delivering the news. One might say I'm biased because I'm biased to the truth. Uh, I'm biased to the facts. I believe that facts are more important than fiction. And so here we are today trying to figure out what's going to happen. What are they going to do? What else are they going to do to the president of the United? What else are they going to say about the president of the United States? Like what else is there? Is there anything left that they haven't tried to use? Is there any other underhanded move that hasn't been used? No, not really. Right, guys? They've tried everything. They were going to impeach him before he was even elected. And, you know, for those that are saying, no, 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 he did impeachable offenses, then Why was Yovanovitch talking about his impeachment in 2018 when impeachment wasn't even being discussed then? Uh, We still had Mueller supposedly going on. We still had, uh, what is it, the walls are closing in. We got him now. Doesn't seem like that is what is happening, is it? It seems like the walls are closing in on them. That is what is happening exactly what is happening. So where do we go from here? Like, what do we see happening here? We see them fighting literally for their lives. That is what we see. The swamp creatures fighting for their lives. That is exactly what we are seeing, what we are hearing, what they are doing. They have no leg to stand on. They've tried everything they could and still failed to bring down the president of the United States of America. Basically, they have failed to change the vote. That's their ultimate, you know, I would say goal is to change the vote. Because remember, they've been stealing our votes forever. Here's something. I want to play a clip from Alan Dershowitz. Take a listen to what he has to say Here
1: is The charge of obstruction of Congress and abuse of power are not within the constitutional terms. High crime... ...and misdemeanors. The framers rejected terms just like that. They rejected maladministration as a potential term. And maladministration is so virtually the same as now. abuse of power.
2: Alright, good. I was just going to ask you, uh, say that uh, according to what I'm reading, you're the only constitutional scholar... ...who goes with that line. There is not one other who agrees with you.
1: Not let one. Me, let me be very clear about that. In 1867, the okay, dean wait, of the wait, Columbia wait, wait. Law School... <laughs> Alan, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, this in 1492... You know, let Columbus says, but
2: listen, I the need, cons- I need just to
1: move on. So you're saying now that you need the crime. You're not going to get me to move on until I make this point. Okay. Well, when here's the, here's the thing, Alan, you're not going to get
0: any time because you got four people trying to ask. You so they wanted him to questions. shut up. And so I, I'm gotta, asking I have, you to move I,
1: faster. I have to make this point at the, right, shortly after the constitution was enacted, okay. the Dean of the Columbia Law School said that the you you weight know. of authority was in favor of it being a crime now the academics will say it isn't why because donald trump is being impeached if hillary clinton were being impeached they'd all wow the connections
0: really be bad on that's my just side that's
2: yeah. just so okay are you done okay so you're saying you need a you need a crime or criminal like behavior criminal-like to impeach? Behavior. A, uh,
1: that's right. right that's not me that's what the framers said
2: okay of the Constitution. Um, so now we're i'm moving you on or i'm cutting you sure. off <laughs> one or the other is going to
0: yeah we should listen to them they know best right that was baloney what the framers said is baloney. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and the rest of them on the view know best. That's, um, that's basically the facts, right, guys? That's basically the facts. This is where we've come down to, where we go to Whoopi Goldberg for um, advice, constitutional advice. Why aren't the other people, um, you know, aligning with you? Uh, That's because the other people are corrupt and they wouldn't. So now what I want to do is um, see if Lindsey Graham already came out. He was supposed to be out uh, 40 minutes ago. We're still waiting for him uh, to see what he has to say post impeachment trial. Uh, He hasn't come out yet. And I want to hear what he has to say. What do we have going on, you guys, aside from the corona virus epidemic that everyone says aside from adam schiff nasty photos being circulated you know it's pretty interesting if you think about it these people are so sick and they insist that we're the ones with the problem they laugh at us they scoff at us ah uh, i i should i should tell you guys what happened to me yesterday So I went to the gym. Um, Well, I was going to go to the gym, so I wore my sweatpants, and I have this shirt from the inauguration that says Trump 45, right? And um, it's dark blue, silver writing on on the front says Trump 45 inauguration. And as I was standing at the Starbucks to get a tea with my daughter, some girl that was very meek looking— um, but she was, you know, she was taller than me. I mean, everybody, <laughs> everyone, aside from children, <laughs> some children are taller than me. And she walks up to me. She's like, "About your shirt." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, you like it?" She's like, "No." Trump is saying that he's making America great again, as if America was great at first. And I said, "I'm sorry." Excuse me. I said, "America was great. It was great." When they created it, it was great when they put together the Constitution. Then it went pear-shaped because all these clowns wanted to get in. They snuck in, into the group, into the clan, into the brotherhood, and they took over. They are the establishment. From way back then, they wanted to destroy it. She says, No. Mm -mm. he's against the lgbtq community i'm part of the lgbtq i looked at her and i was like okay she's meek whatever maybe she's not working with the opposite sex you know personally because of preference or maybe because of the way she carried herself she looked very meek um she was confused you know in regards to uh, how she came across for you know she'd be dominant yet passive you know So my daughter gets her tea and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And I said, nothing. Let's go, honey. I was like, it was great talking. You know, he says, you know, we don't have the way he's going to, you know, flip. He's going to take away Roe versus Wade. And I said, excuse me. And she goes, wait, uh, my youngest goes, I'm sorry. Are you talking about murdering babies? They're not babies. It's my body. I love my abortion. Phoebe was like, you love murdering children? And so I sat there and I thought, this, this woman, really, really, girl, woman, whatever, stopped to educate me on life. And she started talking. I, I was like, listen, I, I got to get going. I'd love to sit here and chat, but you know, nothing is going to change the fact that an abortion is murder. She said, no, it's not because it hasn't come out yet. And even if it comes out, I still have the right because it's my body. And I said, well, it's not your body. And it was the first time that I was taken to the side, you would say. Um, And it was an engaging, say, conversation. She wanted to, to talk to me about it. And as I was leaving and I said, it was great seeing you. Maybe I'll see you around. Not really want to. Um, She said, it's really good because so many people are, have turned to Trump. Like I've lost so many friends that hated Trump and now they like him and he's a horrible man, you know? And I was like, whoa, liberals are now scouting people to change their mind because people are starting to get common sense. And I said, have a great evening. And, And I walked off and I thought, wow, we're not just winning we're slaying if liberals are now trying to convince people to come back to the we hate Trump camp totally winning totally winning I was thinking Wow how did that even happen when did that happen and we didn't see it insane right guys totally insane I wanted to say uh, Trump actually signed, uh, speaking of liberals and, you know, (laughs) mental (laughs) faculties lacking, um, the U.S. Mexican, uh, the USMCA was signed today. He didn't invite the Democrats to go, which was pretty incredible that he didn't invite any of them to go. I I found that insane. Take a listen.
3: Trade representative.
0: Guys, hear the guy videotaping this, the from from Fox stretching and moaning. <laughs> well, thank
4: you very much. Such beautiful music, such talented musicians, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, we have a tremendous, <laughs> we have a tremendous list of people here today. In fact, so long that if I announced every name, would be here for about three hours, <laughs> and uh, we have to get back to business everybody does. Please sit down, please. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for coming coming to the White House on this very historic occasion. It's been a long time. Everybody said this was a deal that could not be done. Too complicated, too big, couldn't be done. We got it done. And today we're finally ending the NAFTA nightmare and signing into law the brand new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Very special. Very, very special. The USMCA is the largest, fairest, most balanced and modern trade agreement ever achieved. There's never been anything like it. Other countries are now looking at it, but there can't be a border like that because, believe it or not, that is by far the biggest border anywhere in the world in terms of economy, in terms of people. There's nothing even close. This is a colossal victory for our farmers, ranchers, energy workers, factory workers, and American workers in all 50 states. And you could almost say beyond, because it's all beyond. This is all over the world, even it's, though it's at one beautiful border. Where, by the way, a very ma- major, powerful wall yes. is right now being built. Okay, I don't know if I should say that at this particular meeting. I know last night it got a very big hand. Today they're a little bit like, are we supposed to clap now? Remotes, can you hear me? The USMCA is estimated to add another 1.2% to our GDP and create countless new American jobs. It will make our blue collar boom, which is beyond anybody's expectation even bigger, stronger, and more extraordinary, delivering massive gains for the loyal citizens of our nation. For the first time in American history, we have replaced a disastrous trade deal that rewarded outsourcing with a truly fair and reciprocal trade deal that will keep jobs, wealth, and growth right here in America. And in a true sense, it's also a partnership with Mexico and Canada and ourselves against the world. It's really a trade partnership, if you look at it that way. And it's a day of great celebration in all three countries. I want to thank our amazing Vice President, Mike Pence, who helped us so much with the deal. And our sincerest appreciation to Ambassador Robert Lighthizer, and Jared Kushner, and Steve Mnuchin, and all of these incredible people for the job you've done. Like I said, they said it couldn't be done. Welcome also to many members of Congress who were key to getting the deal done, including Senator Grassley. Where is Chuck? Where is Chuck? Oh, Oh, he was brutal. He would call me he would say how is it going how is it going and with chuck you just don't mess around you said it, we'll get it done don't worry thank you senator very much and pat roberts martha mcsally
0: everybody can you notice that the clapping and i want to
4: just if i could mention because uh, we do have
0: for pence is kind of not there
4: some incredible people that work so hard and uh, senators, and maybe I'm being just nice to them because I want their vote. Does that make sense? I don't want to leave anybody out. Hey, Congressman, I already got your vote, 196 to nothing. The hell with you. I think I have to mention some senators that are here. But Marcia Blackburn, who's been so. Where's Marsha Blackburn? Marsha, great. Marsha Blackburn, great state of Tennessee. Roy Blunt, thank you Roy. Thank you Roy. John Bozeman. Thank you John. Thank you very much. Great job. Mike Braun. He's become a big fixture on television and doing a great job. Shelley Moore Capito, thank you. West Virginia, great place. Senator Bill Cassidy. Senator, thank you very much. John Cornyn, thank you John. Your poll numbers are looking good, John. (laughs) Very, very good. You don't have to worry about Beto either, do you, John? (laughs) A great young gentleman, and he's been with us right from the beginning, Senator Tom Cotton. Where is Tom? Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Kevin Kramer. Thank you, Kevin. Ted Cruz. Boy, has he been. Where is Ted? Boy, oh, boy, and he's dying to get back there and ask those questions, I know. He's sitting said, let me out of here, President. I want to ask those questions. He's got some beauties, I'll bet. Thank you, Ted, for everything. You've been incredible. Steve Daines, my friend from the beginning. Thank you, Steve. Joni Ernst. Joni Ernst, that was the team, the tag team, with Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst. It was a impossible. I just say, just tell him I'm not in, please. Senator Deb Fischer, terrific person. (laughs) Terrific person. Lindsey Graham, where's Lindsey? He may be having a news conference right now. He's working on something. He said, I'm going over to a news conference. I said, you know what, I'd rather have you at the news conference. Don't worry, we'll take care of it. A young, brilliant guy who's done incredibly well and respected by everybody, Senator Josh Hawley. Josh, tremendous. I think he's another one. He doesn't want to come over here right now. Where's John Hovind? John, you have been so great. Thank you, John. John Hovind. Senator James Lankford. He is a terrific person. We are just together on a very special day. Right, James? Kelly Loeffler. Kelly, congratulations, Kelly. Really great. They already like you a lot. That's what the word is. Thank you, Kelly. Martha McSally. Good, Martha. Great. Jerry Moran. Jerry, thank you, Jerry. Did a great job in a lot of, in a lot of different ways. And another one is James Rish. James, fantastic job you do. And Mike Rounds, where is Mike? Mike, thank you. He's always there, Mike. He's fantastic. Tim Scott, Mr. Opportunity Zone, and I think he's over there fighting. He's saying, just read the transcripts. That's what he's saying. He's great. Tom Tillis, who's doing pretty well, is what I'm understanding. Tom Tillis. Where's Tom? Yup. And Roger Wicker. By the way, is there anybody thank you, Roger. Roger, is there anybody I didn't introduce? I would like to apologize immediately. Rick Scott. Where's Rick? Where's Rick? He's been one of the greats. Oh, I figured he was over there. Rick, what are you why are you not over there, Rick? <laughs> Rick Scott has been so incredible. Great governor of Florida, a great, great governor. Now he's a great senator.
0: Guys, something's really going on Thank with you my feed much. today. The rest of you I have, have no to to idea. Now, ah, I'm sure. just going to skip forward here. Where are we going? $0.9 billion. There we fla- go. Right here.
4: For American dairy, Canada's opening up. It will grow annual exports to our neighbors by an estimated $315 million. Poultry exports to Canada are expected to rise by at least 50%. And egg export could increase by five. percent 100 percent. Where is the Canadian folks? Where are they? You guys did a good job on us before this deal, I'll tell you. That's — Canada was very tough, but they're good. They're our friends, so we appreciate it. Very importantly, Canada will finally give fair treatment to American-grown wheat. The USMCA is also a massive win for American manufacturers and autoworkers. Under NAFTA, companies were given huge incentives to produce cars in foreign countries and ship them to America tax-free. No tax, no nothing. We lost our jobs, we closed our factories, and other countries built our cars. But we've changed that, and we're now setting records. The USMCA closes these terrible loopholes and includes strong provisions to ensure that new cars are fashioned by American hands that's a fancy word of saying, built, and manufactured with American labor. We have some of the great labor leaders here right now. I think James Hoffa. Where's James Hoffa? James? Thank you very much, James. It's great. Thank you, James, very much. It's great. Fiat Chrysler is already investing $4.5 billion in creating 6,500 new jobs in Michigan and opening up the first new Detroit plant in more than 30 years. And we have a lot of them happening. Ford is putting in $1.5 billion in creating 3,000 new jobs, while GM is investing $2.2 billion in creating 2,200 new jobs in Michigan to build vehicles of the future. And I believe we have the chairman and president and the bosses of those two companies. Please, Mary. Where's Mary? Mary? Mary Barra. Thank you very much. And Ford, thank you very much. We appreciate it. What a great job. Please stand. Come on. For that kind of money. Anything over 2000000000 billion, you're allowed to stand.
0: So I have no idea what's going on with the feed. The bottom line is this um, trade deal is... Incredible. There's a lot of people that say that this opens up for the UN and the new world order, but that's not true. Because even though on face it's such, there are stipulations where we do not allow sovereignty to other nations. Uh, the USMCA is something that now signed, I will comment on. Because beforehand, I didn't want to comment on it, only not to reveal the little convoluted uh, secret drops in it uh, so after this break I want us to get into the whole impeachment sham and what we should be expecting in the next couple days because it kind of seems like they got the votes for witnesses but it also seems like they don't I don't know we'll see All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. I'm really hoping that I've worked the kinks out here in regards to uh, the inability to maintain a solid connection as if they're doing it on purpose. Now, I want to tell you guys of uh, what the timeline is telling me now, okay? What the timeline states and how it seems to be coming through. Now, it seems that we have a now 59% chance of no witnesses. So that's lowered um, and uh, from this morning. And uh, the increase on definitely having witnesses. And that timeline is constantly changing um, with also this looming death, which is un... I, I mean, I don't know where that's going. Where is this looming death? Who's dying? I mean, if I'd have to bet on something, I would say it's um, Bernie Sanders. Uh, That's like if I had to put my money on it, his eye, that was it. That's how it goes. So I think it's uh, pretty incredible considering that um, we have this impeachment. Gosh, I have to be so careful what I'm saying. This impeachment trial, we have to be very careful, but here's what I want to, let me just make it a simpler because I'm overcomplicating this for a second. President Trump is a guy that hates to wear egg on his face. I'm like that too. Now on Tuesday, he's supposed to go to, to, you know, deliver the state of the union in front of all of Congress, the same Congress that impeached him with bogus articles of impeachment with no crimes and they're dirty, nasty people. Dirty and nasty people. Now, what's bizarre is, is that um, they've invited him to deliver this um, State of the Union, but this State of the Union cannot be delivered with this impeachment hanging over President Trump's head. It cannot be delivered with this hanging over his head. So the question is, what will happen? Will the president go with egg on his face as a chump? to Congress and deliver the state of the union while they smirk that they've impeached him or will this be tossed out and he'll go in there with his head high saying, Hmm, not going to happen. Which one is it? That's what you need to think about. So what do you guys think? Think about it. Do you think that he's going to go deliver the state of the union as a chump? with them right there and think to allow Pelosi smirkingly remember last time the way she clapped so weird allow Schumer to smirk shift that creep that disgusting man huh no 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 now apparently there have been certain exposes done that we did in November because we had a copy of certain things Um, which we'll talk about in the second hour, all about Schiff, all about Schiff. I don't know how many of you saw the explicit photos released today with Schiff tossing salads and it was just barf all over the place. Um, But this house is trying to impeach a president because they don't like him. Because he's destroying them. Their livelihood is gone. They have absolutely no leg to stand on. They're done. They're toast. They're scared because he is taking them out completely. His rally yesterday was incredible, was absolutely incredible. To think New Jersey is going to go red. Hmm. No way, Tori. That was just a lot of people. Man, New Jersey is New York and Jerseyans People traveled from everywhere. They were there three days in advance hoping to get in so they could see the president of the United States. His opening, his discussions with the people of New Jersey was incredible. The people loved him. He loved them. Uh, It was just incredible to see all these New Yorkers and Jersey guys and Jersey gals out there cheering for him. Uh, Docs for Trump 2020. So we had a group of doctors out there. We had um, Guido's for, I saw that shirt, Guido's for Trump, which was super funny. They love our president. Some of them were so excited. They were crying like fan crushing. And that's probably because so many of them have noticed the changes in their life since he's become president. He's uh, developed the economy. People are getting jobs. They feel proud to be American. They feel happy. They feel safe. They feel like America is being listened to around the world. And they feel like they have a man in office that's there for them. Take a listen. This is pretty good.
4: The Garden State. The Garden State. Together we're achieving historic victories for New Jersey families. You see it every single day. The New Jersey unemployment rate has reached the lowest of all time. More people are working today in the state of New Jersey than ever before. And I have to tell you, More people, almost 160 million, are working right now in the United States. That's the highest level of employment in the history of our country. And a lot of countries aren't doing so well, just so you understand. Tomorrow, we will replace the NAFTA nightmare, one of the worst trade deals ever in history with the incredible, brand-new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the USMCA. A massive win for New Jersey workers, New Jersey farmers, New Jersey union people, New Jersey manufacturers, and everybody. And weeks ago, we also signed a fantastic new trade agreement with China that will boost New Jersey exports and defend New Jersey jobs. $250 billion coming in. Now oh, that's going to be so nice. And we're restoring America's industrial might like never before. They're all coming back. They want to be where the action is. After years of devastating defense cuts, we have fully rebuilt the United States military. to the incredible courage of our warriors, the greatest warriors in the world. The ISIS caliphate has been totally destroyed and its savage founder and leader al-Baghdadi is dead. Weeks ago, at my direction, the U.S. military launched a flawless precision strike that killed the world's number one terrorist, <laughs> Qasem Soleimani. And Soleimani was responsible for murdering and wounding thousands of Americans and actively planning new attacks, but we stopped him cold. Yet, Washington Democrats, like crazy Bernie Sanders Miss Nancy Pelosi, they opposed our action to save American lives. They oppose it. They oppose it. You know the roadside bombs that you see hurting our people and lots of other people so badly? The legs, the arms wiped out. No legs, no arms. Soleimani loved that. That was his weapon of choice. We didn't like him. He's not around anymore. While we are creating jobs and killing terrorists, the congressional Democrats are obsessed with demented hoaxes, crazy witch hunts, and deranged partisan crusades. It's all they know how to do the do-nothing Democrats, they have spent the last three years, and probably even before I came down on that beautiful escalator with our beautiful future First Lady, trying to overthrow the last election, and we will make sure that they face another crushing defeat In the next election, we are going to have a victory that's even greater than 2016. This November, we are going to win back the House. We are going to hold the Senate and we are going to keep the White House. The American people are disgusted by the Washington Democrat wish, and you see it, you see it. Which is worse, the impeachment hoax or the witch hunts from Russia? But we're going to be signing up millions and millions of registered independents, Democrat voters. And today, I had the best polls that I've ever had since being elected. The best we've ever had. Remember, I used to go over polls? But I only used to talk about them when I was doing well. Otherwise, I we had our best balls. Americans of all political beliefs are sick and tired of the radical, rage-filled left socialists. I never saw anything what's going on in this country. What's going on in this country? The Democrat really the Democrat party is the socialist party and maybe worse. Voters are making a mess, exodus from that party. And we are welcoming them to the Republican Party with wide open arms. And the Republican Party is doing great. We are privileged to be joined tonight by a courageous leader who left the Democrat Party because he has had enough of their extremism, enough of their socialism, had enough of their vile hoaxes and scams. He's had enough. I'll tell you, he really is. He's a brave guy. He just said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's a hoax. It's a scam. I'm not doing it. And we called him, you know, you're a rock kind of guy. Let's go. And it didn't take much because he believes like we do. We are truly honored to be here with the newest Republican member of the House of Representatives your great congressman, Jeff Van Drew. And I have to tell you, a few weeks ago, Jeff was one of the few brave and principled Democrat lawmakers. In all fairness, we've been after him for a long time who stood up to the House Democrats and the outrageous abuse of power that you see going on right now. They can't win an election, so they're trying to steal an election. It's not happening, folks. It's not happening. And Jeff had the guts to defy the left-wing fanatics in his own party and to stand tall in defense of our Constitution, our freedom, and democracy itself. And I just want to I have to tell you, I've gotten to know him really well over the last couple of weeks. He's a great guy, he's a brave guy, he shares our values. He supports lower taxes — not bad. They want to raise your taxes. How did that work, Jeff? How did you get elected with that one? (laughs) Less regulation, a strong national defense. He loves our military, loves our vets and police, and he is a tireless champion for the state of New Jersey. He loves your Second Amendment, which is under siege by the Democrats. Jeff, it's an honor to be with you. Please.
5: Not- How about having the right here in South Jersey? What a great day! Now I heard that the folks in this room can make more noise and more applause than anywhere in the world. So we're going to do one more time for this man right here. Now when I was in the White House with the President, he asked how he could help me. I asked if he could come down to South Jersey and have a rally. Without even hesitating, our President said yes, and he is here, a man who kept his word to ensure to ensure that the eyes of the world are on South Jersey and all of us. The USA is a great nation, the greatest nation that civilization has ever known. Do we want to keep it that way? It's a nation, a nation and a people of great exceptionalism. Do we want to keep it that way? Our president has made it clear by restoring our military, protecting our economy, and by not allowing any other nation to ever take advantage of us again. Do we want to keep it that way? This year, This year, this very year, is a flashpoint election. Are we going to allow ourselves just to be like any other nation in the world, or are we going to keep America great? I say to all of you, may God bless South Jersey, may God bless our president, and may God bless the United States of America.
4: How excited
0: does he sound, guys? We have tens
4: of thousands of people outside.
0: Yes, yes, yes. If anybody
4: would like to give them your place, please let us know. But we have thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. And Jeff gave me a number. He said 175,000 people signed up. Is that a fact? That's a fact. 175? I think he's on his way. I think
0: he's on his way. Thank oh, you, he man. looks so Thank cute. You. And Thanks I shouldn't Jeff. say that, right? It minimizes him when I say it, but he did. He looked adorable. He looked excited. He looked intimidated, but he also looked strong himself. And for South Jersey, that's a big deal, you know, when you're a small guy like him. And he he looks very soft-spoken, too. So uh, it's pretty incredible. I want to zoom to this part. Here we go.
4: see them all over. I passed two of them coming in. Brand new, beautiful plants and factories. They're pouring back in. This is where the action is. This is where they want to be. I see the leaders, they say, it's incredible what happened to your country. I said, don't tell me that. We want you to have your companies build plants in New Jersey and other places. And that's what's happened. (laughs) But on no issue have Washington Democrats more thoroughly betrayed the American people than the issue of immigration. (laughs) Left wing. Radical politicians support deadly sanctuary cities. And remember, a sanctuary city is a jurisdiction that refuses to hand over criminal aliens that are in local law enforcement custody. Instead, they order them to be released into your community. What the hell is going on? What is going on? And once set loose, these criminal aliens are free to continue their crime spree against innocent Americans. Right here in New Jersey, your state's Democrat leaders have instituted sanctuary policies that result in dangerous predators being set free into your community. For example, Cumberland County. We all know Cumberland County very well, right? Good luck with this one. They released an illegal alien criminal with multiple charges for sexual assault of a child. He is now, at large, free to search for another innocent victim. They didn't want to give him to ICE. And I want to thank ICE because the abuse they take and the incredible job they do.
0: They do. So, so that's what I wanted to point out. ICE gets abused all the time by Democrats, by people. You know, they do a lot more than just round up illegal migrants. They protect us. They protect the children. They actually conduct investigations as such. ICE is the one that put the nail in the coffin for over 5,000 people at the Pentagon that was stymied the minute Barack Hussein Obama came into office. See, Bush was a puppet. Exactly what Congress wants. This is why this impeachment is happening. They want a president that listens to them. They want a president that listens to them, does for them. Now, after the break, I'm going to play you something from 1970. Uh, Someone had sent it to me via email and it was interesting. I had seen it before, but it was interesting because I found it uh, with a free link and I'm going to play that for you. Just a little portion of it. It's going to blow your mind. Um, It's pretty incredible because you're going to see that even back in the day, they knew exactly what was going on. They knew who, what, when, and where. That's what it's all about, you guys. So after the break, we're going to talk about the establishment, Adam Schiff, Pelosi, and more that's coming. I might have taken a trip on my time machine. (laughs) <laughs> Stay tuned. See you in a bit. Real News. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Welcome back. This is the second hour uh, today. The connection has been a bit weird with me. That's fine. It's not like I was going to be talking about chef a lot, but because it's a really shiffy situation, right? <laughs> if you think about it. But during the break, I found the clip I wanted to play for you, and so I wanted to uh, tell you about this movie. This movie was created, uh, it came out in 1970. It was made for TV movie by Cinema Theater 100 Productions starring Glenn Ford. It's called The Brotherhood of the Bell. It's actually very, very interesting. I will tweet out the link to it. It talks about the establishment and about this guy that just joined the Brotherhood of the Bell. Take a listen.
6: andy are you spending the day in san francisco
7: oh no i have to make the afternoon flight home
6: it's a pity
3: really thought we might have lunch together Open the way. Drop in at this address before you leave. Oh, excuse me.
7: gonna take some getting used to what i mean being a brother oh you have my home and office number don't you you know i still find it incredible that, that i could get anything i want anything a man could get with money privilege and the best connections you know it just occurred to me that um we're part of the establishment now not part The establishment.
0: That's right. They're the establishment. The establishment that penetrated the first administration, the Washington administration, penetrated it and sat silently as they gathered more allies. Brotherhood of the Bell... (laughs) Brotherhood of Moloch, whatever it is, the establishment. And it's not just here in the United States. This is the small group. The larger one is the one that we are fighting and we don't give the president enough credit. Imagine how hard that is. How hard is it to fight hundreds of years old establishment, hundreds, okay? Centuries old establishment that is trying to take over. And you're going to say, Tori, take over what? They want to enslave every man, a woman, and child just for them. They want to remove your want to strive for better they want to remove competition. So there's nothing to really compete for. They want you to depend on them so then they can put it to work. Put what to work? You to work. And what kind of work? You're going to be doing the work for them. You will be doing everything for them. But the thing is, Humans, no matter how dumb they are in the sense of being gullible, when I say dumb, because we are good natured, there are things that they just can't stomach. Things that they just can't, you know, accept. And these things are the disregard for life, the disregard for innocence, and to be treated like beings of a lesser god now we have to remember that publications and reports have gone out this week and last week claiming that emails of Jesseline Maxwell were hacked That emails of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court have been hacked. Now, do you think they were hacked? Do you think they were hacked? Or do you think we have them and reported, hey, they were hacked? Because it's not like you're going to say, we have them. We're going to say they were hacked by who? I don't know, maybe Russian bots. Who are these Russian bots? Who are the 16, okay, let's pretend the NSA is an intelligence agency. It's an agency, but it doesn't report, it just collects. Let's pretend. So where are the 15 intelligence agencies that they kept trumping on, right? 17 intelligence agencies. The other 15 are not American intelligence agencies, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, the guy who was born and raised by someone. Let's fast forward to his career where he finished school and decided that he's going to work as a U.S. attorney. But as he's working as a U.S. attorney, he takes a hiatus about 18 months to go to the so-called farm. When he comes back, the first major case he wins is what? retrying an FBI agent for the third time to get him uh, charged with being a double agent for Russia. So he convinced a jury that this guy, this FBI agent was a Russian double agent, a double agent for Russia. And you know who his witness was a woman, a Russian woman, who is married to one of the biggest cartel contacts in California. Yeah, they sell drugs. Very credible, of course. Very credible. Yet he did convince them. His Russia, 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 Russia convinced a dumb jury, which at the time didn't have access to information like we do now. Thank God for that. Thank God that they deployed... The access to technology for us in the late nineties, how dumb were the Clintons thinking that they would trap us, track us and file us away with no repercussions because if we're on it, you're on it, we're all on it and we see what you see now as terrifying it may seem after he did that. He moseyed his way into politics. Only in 2013, after his best friend, the Ukrainian, threw him a big shindig, he changed his district to the district he's at now. West Hollywood. And that is where all the stuff is going down. So Ukrainians helped put Schiff in office. He's been handing over and appropriating funds to the Ukraine since forever since forever this sick man photos were released today we didn't see uh, much of uh, his face uh, but they were disgusting they were so gross so gross shift tossing salads Ugh. it was just barf all over on the tori says on facebook i uh reposted an article that I wrote on Loomert and Tory says back in November of 2019, where I was tipped off and told that the that after they raided Ed Buck's house, they found some really compromising material. We're talking videos with dead, uh, overdose on meth uh, black males, and from the photos, it seems he loves black men. I mean, why not? They pretty hot, right? Whatever. But whoa, it's, it is so, but where are all these people that Adam Schiff has violated or paid for? Why don't they come forward? Why don't they tell the world that this man that sits there and shakes his fingers and calls us disgusting, calls us horrible human beings is actually a bottom feeder, is actually evil as they come. Where are they? We ask you, we, the American people ask you to come forward. No one, no one will shame you. No one, anyone out there that's a victim. Why don't they come forward? I mean, as long as they're still breathing, where are they? They can come to anyone and they will if someone came to me, I would protect them. I would have them in my house to protect them. I'm sure every one of you listening right now would do the same. Any victims of Diane Feinstein, Schiff, and Pelosi should come forward. We are the news. We love you. We are brothers and sisters. This is um, something interesting. Interesting, right? It's an interesting dynamic that we're living in right now. A dynamic where people, uh, neighbors, come together. Do you know they 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 say, "Oh, it takes a village to raise a child." Well, it's it, there's some merit to that, but not specific. And that's uh, you know what exactly is going on with us, guys. Think about it. We are literally helping each other out. We are lifting up each other. I've never seen something so awesome. I was just observing. I mean, for me with my struggle, all my listeners and my friends have lifted me up beyond belief when I thought I would be crumbling. And that's because Americans, human beings in general are good. We will look after each other for them to say that we are disgusting for not allowing illegal migrants to just trample into our nation is ridiculous because each and every one of us want to help each other on an airplane. When you're sitting there, they always advise you to put the mask on yourself and then on the vulnerable person, right? Because if you, the strong person cannot breathe, You're not going to be able to help the child or the elderly person next to you, right? So think, why aren't we doing the same as a nation? We are, we're trying. I see people every day trying to help their neighbors, trying to help their friends. Do you know how much more we could do for our own people that are in our country if they'd allow us? Because once we are strong, once we are able to help every veteran, every American that is homeless, everyone out there that is our brother and our sister that is suffering right now, then and only then should we look to aid the others. And you know, you might say, we're the land of the plenty, blah, blah, blah. We should help the Hondurans. No, the Hondurans. The El Salvadorians, the Ecuadorians, they all get USAID. You know, we were talking about this in 2018 and look at it now in 2020. That is coming to the forefront. USAID, the biggest sham, the biggest money laundering vehicle ever that is justified and legitimized by being through the State Department. All you need to do is Google something like El Salvador USAID and read their mission statement. It says promoting democratic values and giving to. No, if that was the case, then why were they kicked out of Russia? Why were they kicked out of Albania? Albanians kicked out USAID. Do you know why? Because they fund protests. They fund removing and replacing governments. That is what USAID is. USAID is not giving them food and water, and blankets, and pillows. USAID is about overthrowing the governments of those nations, buying out the politicians of those nations, paying for protest, paying for unrest. In 2012, Putin kicked them all out. Kicked them out to the curb. He said, don't come back again. And he clearly said it. And I wrote that article two years ago no, they are not here to help. They are not here to provide free money. When uh, Think about it. When does a country decide, I'm going to just give you 50, 100 million dollars because it's you and you need help? No, there's something in exchange. What's in exchange here? The exchange here is we pick your politicians. We pick your presidents. We pick your secretary of state. We pick your financial secretary. We pick your DOJ individuals. We pick, we pick, we pick. That is exactly what USA does. And speaking of USA, this aid package that the Democrats keep screaming about. Do you know when we were supposed to release that money to Ukraine, which I don't know why we're giving it to them in the first place. Sounds really dumb since we've given them four point five billion dollars that's been laundered through there. But think about it. Regardless, we gave it to them, whatever it may be right? We decided, you know what? Forget the homeless veterans on the street. Ah. what you mean? We have people that are dying that can't afford hospital bills in the United States of America. Forget them. We're going to give it to the Ukraine because Ukrainians need it more than Americans right now. So we're going to give them $440 million, even though that's half a trillion dollars and we're in debt of $21 trillion. We're just going to hand it over to them. So let's just get over the fact that that was already signed and done for and Put forward. Well, it was supposed to be delivered at the end of September. They received it at the beginning of September. Yet the Democrats are saying that it was being withheld. It could only be withheld if it was October 1st and they didn't get it, but they got it weeks before they were supposed to get it. So tell me again how aid was being withheld. It wasn't. This is all fantasies and lies, or this is like a, what what is it called? Minority report. So they knew what the president was thinking. So they foresaw, because they're all psychic, that he was not going to give it to them by September 30th. And so for that reason, they need to impeach him because he was going to do it, even though he didn't do it. This is the insanity we are dealing with. Listen to their words. They're telling you that he withheld it because they wanted him to announce about by Blah, 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 blah. But turns out he was investigating the Ukraine um, from 2018 because he was talking about it in 2018. And they released a video in 2018 and Biden wasn't running until 2019. So tell me again how any of this makes sense. And this is why they want witnesses, because none of it makes sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. And anyone really following the news and everything they tell you you would see that there is nothing that stands, that whatever they're telling you doesn't stand, period. There's nothing that stands. So that's pretty, pretty bizarre, right? And we have the mainstream media laughing at us, telling us how wrong we are, how dumb we are. They make fun of us. It's horrific. Think about it, you guys. We're allowing these people, they're being funded by our tax dollars. I'm pretty sure CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, all of these clowns, Fox, everybody, they all get some tax relief, tax deductions, right? So why are we giving them these tax deductions? Where is the FCC? Where are these people? Why aren't we doing something on that end let's start pulling the cash let's start removing their ability to get tax relief I mean they shouldn't be funded with my I don't want to have CNN getting any dollar and you're gonna be like well Tory we don't give it to them directly doesn't matter if you're saving 50,000 a month because of some tax schedule or because you offer some service I want to look at that I want that removed. I don't want them to have it. Make them pay for it. That's how you fix it. Hurt them in the pocket. Because right now, we have the Democrats scrambling because their pockets are in pain. They are hurting like nobody's business. They are going insane, literally. And that is how you fix things. You hurt their pockets. You hurt their pockets. That is how we get things done by hurting their pockets. I mean, listen to Schumer today. Listen to him trashing the Trump impeachment defense. Listen to this. Wait, let's get this going first. Hold on. There we
3: go. Mr. Sekolo kept making the argument that the case against the president lacked eyewitnesses, knowing full well that his client, the president, was blocking the very eyewitnesses he said the trial lacked. Knowing full well, he knew full well that one of the eyewitnesses, John Bolton, wrote that the President told him he wanted to continue the delay in military assistance to Ukraine until it announced the political investigations that he was seeking. Precisely the conduct charged in the first article of impeachment. Mr. Sekolo had the temerity to stand on the floor of the Senate and said you must acquit the president because there are no eyewitnesses to the conduct alleged by the House, and also that senators must not call eyewitnesses who could confirm it. Of course, Ambassador Sondland was an eyewitness. Mr. Mulvaney admitted the president held up the aid at a press conference. Nonetheless, the president's counsel said, you must have additional eyewitnesses, but you're not allowed to have them. Mr. Sekulow's view of a trial is downright Kafkaesque. Kafkaesque. Remember the book, *The Trial*. Okay. I think it's short. Short decision. St- book or no, short? It's a novel. It's a, it's, a novel.
5: <laughs>
3: it's a short novel, not a long story. Okay. Um, now, frankly, the hypocrisy of Mr. Sekulow's argument was not lost on senators. I'm sure even Republicans sort of added this up, the hypocrisy. If anything, Sekulow's argument made the case for witnesses and documents even stronger. So inadvertently, he helped us. Now, I remain hopeful that four Republican senators will join us in supporting witnesses and documents in this trial. It's an uphill fight, as I've always said, but the public is on our side, and truth, above all, is on our side. And that's why we're still in the fight. That's why we're still in the ballpark. Now, I want to um, talk about three lines of pushback that they're using, the tremendous pressure Trump-slash-McConnell is using on Republican senators to try and get them to avoid the crucial Friday vote on witnesses and documents. The first is, well, it'll take too long. You've heard that one, and that's what they're using, number one, in their own caucus. This debate over witnesses and documents began a week ago with Republicans saying, we're not against new evidence, we just want to consider it later. Now that the later is about to arrive, the argument has become, if we vote for witnesses, the trial will drag on too long. I predicted this. We said, you may remember this, a week and a half ago, they're going to say, let's wait. And then when we wait, they're going to say, it took too long. We shouldn't have waited. Again, just double talk to avoid the truth. That's what they're doing. They're tying themselves in all kinds of pretzel knots to avoid the truth. But the American people know the truth.
0: Okay. The American people know that the House had more than enough to pass impeachment articles. Right, guys? So at this point, let it stand at face value. You rushed it through the House. You wanted to put it to the Senate. You should not get any more. No more witnesses. No more documents. You were so adamant that this is it. We got him. That now you need more stuff? Uh, No, no, no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. So,
3: as I said weeks ago, I said Democrats wanted an agreement on witnesses and documents up front because if Republicans punted the the decision till the end of the trial, they'd claim it would take too long and Democrats were trying to drag it out. And lo and behold, that's just what's happening. But the Republican argument is wrong. It won't take too long. If my Republican colleagues vote with us to subpoena relevant witnesses and documents, there's no reason for a protracted trial. The four sets of documents we've requested have already been collected. They're sitting in boxes at the White House, the State Department, OMB and the Pentagon. They're ours for the asking. Mr. Bolton has already said he'd testify. There's no reason for delays if the Senate summons Bolton, Mulvaney, Blair and Duffy. In the Clinton trial, the three witnesses were deposed, each were each deposed in one day. If the U.S. Senate issues a bipartisan subpoena signed by the Chief Justice, any lawyer would advise their client to comply. If someone like Mr. Mulvaney still refused, we'd make a motion asking the Chief Justice to order Mulvaney to comply we could settle any and all potential claims of executive privilege right on the Senate floor. So, we are not talking about a lengthy delay here. We're not going to be dilatory in any way. We have only asked for relevant evidence. It could be reviewed expeditiously. Four witnesses, four sets of documents. The men who were in the room where it happened. No more, no less. It's more, that's reasonable. That's why the American people are so strongly in favor of witnesses and documents. Every day the number gets higher. There was another number that I saw on TV today. 75% are with us. My Republican colleagues only have to answer only have to answer is this is pre- this the question my Republican colleagues have to answer. Is President Trump so insistent on immediate acquittal that the Senate trial cannot take one second longer to have a fair trial. Now, the second line of Repub- that's coming now from Senate Republicans is, there's no reason to hear from witnesses, because even if they prove the president did what he was accused of, it would not be impeachable, because it's not a criminal offense. The Dershowitz argument. But the truth is, the argument made by Mr. Dershowitz is completely phony. Just about every legal expert disagrees with him completely. It's been widely discredited, even by the Republican witness in the House trial, Mr. Turley. The criminal code was not written to be the only check on presidential misconduct. No citizen can order the FBI to investigate their neighbor or ask a foreign power to interfere in our elections. Only the president can exercise these powers. If people can't hold a president accountable, for abuses only he can commit, then the impeachment power is meaningless. Bear in mind that folks like Attorney General Barr argue that the President cannot be indicted even if the President did commit a criminal offense. By this line of thinking, if the President can't be indicted for criminal conduct, can't be impeached for non-criminal conduct, that would surely put the President above the law and we'd cease being a democracy. The founding fathers were aware that there were terrible things that a president could do that don't violate the criminal law and wanted to give the Congress a power to stop it. There are so many examples you could think of then and so many examples now. That's the clear facts, that's the clear evidence. Mr. Dershowitz is an outlier, a total outlier. I mean, outlier. Okay. Finally, The third argument we hear from Republicans against witnesses and documents goes like this. The president will be acquitted no matter what. We know the result. Nothing could change our minds. Why even bother with a fair trial? Talk about being political. Talk about being cynical. I understand the pressure my Republican colleagues are under to wrap this up as fast as possible because President Trump demands it, but we, The Senate, Democrats, and Republicans have an obligation to seek the truth. A fair trial matters, whatever the outcome. Senator Murray. Oh, Senator, do you have to go somewhere? Yeah. Go 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 ahead. Thank you. Uh,
8: Thanks, Senator Murray. Uh, I I have a front row seat, so to speak. I'm right uh, on the floor by the House managers. I've sat in my seat, unlike other members, for this whole period of time. I've listened intently. I've used the skills that I had when I was uh, an attorney, uh, the 28 years that I've been in Congress and asking questions at hearings. Uh, And I've listened carefully to the President's team. And the one thing I haven't heard from them is a defense of the facts, of the facts. What I haven't heard is why the President greenlighted aid to Ukraine 45 times between January of 2017 and June of 2019, to the tune of $1.5 billion. And as the ranking member on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, there have to be certifications by the Department of State in conjunction with the Department of Defense that says that Ukraine is meeting its responsibilities and goals as it relates to dealing with its fight against corruption. 45 times $1.5 billion between January of 2017 and June of 2019, that money flowed. Those certifications were made. Now, the same period of time that the President's team would have you believe that the President suddenly had an interest in corruption, the issues which they raised, Burisma and the Bidens, preceded the $1.5 billion, preceded it. So at the end of the day, it's hard to look at the facts. Facts are pretty stubborn. It's hard to look at the facts and reconcile it with the President's defense. Or what I haven't heard is that his own national security officials thought that what he was doing was just fine. No. Or that he wasn't soliciting foreign interference in our elections for his own benefits. So when we start the questioning period today, I want to hear facts, not spin. I've been in enough trials to understand that a little bit of what you do is you have a flash over here, so you're not looking what the other hand is doing over here. And that's largely what I heard the president's defense team do. Create flashes over here so you weren't thinking about the essence, the core of the house manager's case, which is rather compelling. Uh, I want to hear that any evidence that the president.
0: Wait, what's compelling? The fact that he was investigating the Bidens way before anything. The fact that, uh, you know, uh it has nothing to do with the Bidens. The fact that he didn't withhold any aid because they got it way before they were supposed to get it—we, th- those federal tax dollars are ours. And if U.S. aid is a legitimate instrument, and that money was going to a legitimate cause, then I'm sorry then you, my friend, have a problem. You are the one that have a problem. Not us. You do. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> we're winning. And the sleight of hand, look over here, not over there, is what they're doing. They're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah he's totally going against Joe Biden because that's a super opponent but he was investigating from way before Joe threw his hat in the race. Yeah, yeah, he totally withheld aid, but he didn't. It was delivered before it was to be released. Yeah, but we knew he was going to withhold it because the money was flowing, trickling, trickling, and then he stopped it. Yeah, he stopped it because he wanted to make sure it's going to the right place. But the release of the full aid wasn't supposed to happen until later. So I'm sorry, but we don't seem to understand what the problem is here. Is the problem, what, that um, you wanted it to happen now? I'm, I'm confused. What is the actual issue here? That you wanted it to happen right now? That you wanted it to be released now? Why? What were you doing in the Ukraine where you needed that money? what was so busy because it it seemed that when instead of the aid going in little packets little packets little packets it was going all in one go suddenly we arrested people suddenly the head of Privat bank and all these other banks were being arrested suddenly we found 4.5 billion dollars being laundered. Suddenly we find out about Paul Pelosi and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and John Kerry and Barack Hussein Obama. But you know, the sleight of hand is what we're doing, right? (laughs) Not what they're doing. Is that, is that, is that it? Now, Doug Collins spoke to the press ahead of the, um, impeachment, um, impeachment trial continuation today and I found it really interesting what he had to say uh, in regards to how this is panning out I actually like listening to Doug Collins too Um, this is ahead of the impeachment trial he spoke it was about an hour and a half ago maybe Uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting you guys what he says I want you guys to take a listen to him it's 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 pretty good how he puts it together. And apparently, during the impeachment trial, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, and I'm going to find that clip for you guys, uh, literally played a video with Schumer, not like they colluded on the testimony. Is he colluding with the Senate? Are they working together? Sounds like a fix. I don't remember when, you know, prosecutors are working with the jury.
6: House. We've talked about bad process from the House. where well, they uh, completely cut the... President out for 71 of 78 days we talked about how they selectively picked the witnesses they wanted and selectively leaked we've seen the results of selective leaks even as uh, late as this past week with the uh, issues that we've seen before the senate and the the issues with bolton but then there's an interesting transition today because today we're going to transition we're going to transition into 16 hours of questions we're now actually going to get to hear from the senators themselves on what they want to know and how they want to know it But there is also an interesting point that maybe many of you have not picked up on. Because Adam Schiff, who we believe is a fact witness and should have been called from day one and to at least understand how he dealt with the whistleblower, now he's going to have to, for the first time, answer questions from a member of the Senate. Because in the House, he never had to. In fact, there was only two members, myself and Jamie Raskin, who had to answer that those kind of questions because Adam Schiff did not want to step forward and do what was right, and that was answer the question on how he influenced this whole uh, investigation from the whistleblower perspective. So today, the story continues. The story continues in a new way with the senators asking questions, but right now, the one thing that hasn't changed, the facts have never changed. The president did nothing wrong. The Pro House team proved that, and we're going to see that continue today. I give it to Debbie go.
2: The thing that I want to point out is I cannot believe that Chuck Schumer has invited Lev Parnas here. And so to have someone under indictment with an ankle bracelet coming here just goes to further show that this is a total political circus, a media circus and a political hit job against the president
9: just point out that what the American people care about are the real things in real life, the things that are happening right now. They're ready for the Congress to move on and get back to work. We're glad that this trial is finally coming to an end. If you look at what's happening just uh, in Washington today, the president just signed the USMCA in a, a big ceremony that will literally help every American in every district across the country. Last night he had a rally in New Jersey. He had over 158,000 tickets requested for President Trump's rally. We're told that there were a lot of Democrats involved in that rally as well. They want to show appreciation for this administration and what they've been able to accomplish for the country. We have to put this behind us. The, The defense was put on its case and rested. I think we did an exceptional job explaining that the law and the facts are on the side of the president, and it's time for the Senate to get past these questions phase and acquit the president. I think they will. We fully expect that, and we'll be able to get back to the work that Congress is really supposed to be involved in. We'll take questions. What do you Collins? say, this,
10: Congressman Collins? Yeah. Um, we're not and going to talk about the, the Senate inter- rest. So the inter- We're not going. To, said, uh, we, with uh, all due respect, we'll be glad to talk about impeachment. You can run uh, um, Congressman can Collin, like, uh, we'll Collins down you at Congress. another time. We right. You say about 75% uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be at, we'll be glad to answer any impeachment-related we'll question. About impeachment, yeah. John Bolton yeah.
6: obviously is central to the conversation right now. Sure. Do the president's tweets about John Bolton help or hurt him?
10: Well, uh, li- listen. I mean. Uh, the media each and every day will critique every single tweet that the president puts out and try to have uh, be the jury well, on whether opinion. it helps or not here's what i can say is is the fact that we're having to talk about john bolton at the 11th hour the fact that we will continue to see leaks we we have a count that is 17 to 0 the democrats have called 17 witnesses the republicans have called 0 why do we think that 18 to 0 19 to 0 will stop my democrat colleagues from making any other assu- uh, uh, assertions here's here's what i will say when we look when we look at uh, the president and his ability to actually conduct the uh, the affairs of this nation. It is critically important that those conversations, whether it be with the NSC advisor or the chief of staff or anyone else, that those need to be protected and they, they have to be protected for the national security of our country. And so as I look at that, the, the tweets have uh, very little effect on what's going to happen in terms of the Senate. We're gonna have 16 hours of Q and A, 16 hours of Q and A that will highlight uh, the gaps in my Democrat colleagues p- position and I think that that's what's going to matter what today what would allow you to say about
5: this process
10: yeah listen we've already have de- had Democrats come across and join with Republicans when it came to the impeachment articles in the house we already see bipartisan opposition to have bipartisan uh, acquittal verdicts certainly would carry the same message but the message whether it's straight party line or a bipartisan message is is the same. This president, when you look at the facts, we know that he did not commit any Offense, and certainly the the burden of proof on my Democrat colleagues uh, has not been met. I mean, the the burden of proof to suggest that there is some impeachable offense has just not been met. Would it, would what
3: bipartisan
5: acquittal make it harder for Democrats
1: to say there was a cover up in the
10: process? Well, there's not a cover up. They're going to say it's a cover up. I mean, listen, you, you know Chuck Schumer. Uh, newsflash: Chuck Schumer is going to come down and say that there's a cover up, even if John Bolton were to be called. And and we've seen this over and over again. We've seen this playbook. And they run off of right tackle every single time, and they get tackled. And so uh, it is important that we understand that no acquittal that is bipartisan or just partisan is going to change the facts of the matter, and that is Democrats will use this to their political advantage as much as they can. We see that with Lev Parnas being here today with an ankle bracelet. You know, uh, that's in the long history of the Mi- Mike, Michael Avenatti, and, and Michael Cohen. I mean, come on, it, it is a circus. The American people know it, and they want us to focus on things that matter. Yes. Yeah. Of, could you
2: respond to the line of Democrats today, which is that no witnesses equals a weakened democracy, less faith in
0: He's so pissed, you can hear him He's breathe.
2: As an institution, those big kind of questions that they are uh, saying uh, are going uh, to be the result if you do not call
10: witnesses. Well, they called 17 witnesses, and again, it's 17 to 0, but Doug wants yeah, to... I, I mean, the, I
6: mean, chairman, Mr. Madison has done a great job here. This has been 17 witnesses. If they're talking about this is a, a disgrace to democracy, they're going down this road if you don't call witnesses, then my question is, what do they call the House process? they call it a great day for America? No, they don't. It's a sad day for America because they did everything in their possibility to destroy not only the rules of the House to get to the end result, they also took and, and took away any due process, any fairness to the process, and to say that actually works now, for the Senate or for the Democrats to actually say this is a fair process or they want a fair process is just pure hypocrisy. The other thing about it is, we knew this in the question earlier was, what are they going to say about it being a, a process that was not proper? Well, they said that in their opening statements. Chairman Nadler said, if we don't get what we want, then you're all corrupt and we're just going from there. That's what we knew this from day one. So it's not new.
2: Yeah, the, the, the house, the house could have called John Bolton. They decided not to subpoena him. It was their job to do it, and now it is the height of hypocrisy that they are claiming that they should be called over in the Senate when they didn't do their own job. Go ahead. Yeah,
10: I know. What do you say to the 75% of Americans who say they want witnesses, including by a recent poll, 48% Republican? Yeah. So did you look at the cross-tabs? Because we looked at the cross-tabs. Most of those are people who want Hunter Biden to come and testify. So when you look look at this, what what the American people want? Want and what Republicans want is a fair a fair shake. And what they believe that they didn't get in the House was a fair shake. I, I think it's so more important. I, I, I think it's because we're 17 and 0. Do you think 18 and zero will change? Ask Chuck Schumer. Will 18 and zero change? Will he come out and all of a sudden say the president is is not guilty? We know the answer to that. They've made up their mind. It is time that we go ahead and make up our mind on whether we're going to be about the people's business going forward or we're going to continue this like we have for the last three years. This is the Adam Schiff political playbook playing out on the Senate floor and it's time that we draw it to a close. For clarity, the Republicans have said that all the information presented is hearsay. Do you believe that John Bolton, whether he should be allowed to say it, has first-hand knowledge of the President's dealings with Ukraine? Uh, I, I would... Uh, based on his position, what I, I believe that John Bolton would have was was certainly uh, the ability to talk to the president. I don't know whether he did, but certainly would be in a position to do that. But what I do to, know, hold on, sentence, no, no, it? here's, let, let, me, let me finish. Here's what I do know. John Bolton, after this alleged conversation, met with President Zelensky. He didn't bring up the aid. The aid was not brought up. There was no condition to the aid. That was on August 27th of this year. And so either the conversation didn't happen or it didn't matter because it was not brought up, the facts do not change. When you have Bolton meeting with President Zelensky, nothing happened. When you have the Vice President meeting with President Zelensky, nothing happened. When you had Ron Johnson and Chris Murphy meeting with President Zelensky, nothing happened. Those facts don't change, and so that's why it doesn't matter.
2: Well, and I I want to know why you didn't ask this question of the House the house managers they did not subpoena him about yeah. getting john bolton why why wasn't the media there then Nobody questioned, why didn't you subpoena John Bolton? Why didn't you ask for other witnesses? And so this yeah, is a you know, little disingenuous, if so, you ask me.
10: So so in doing that, if they were real serious about it, you did ask the question, but you didn't ask the question, why didn't they do a subpoena for John Bolton like they did with everyone else? We know the answer to that is they were afraid of the answer from the judicial branch. So not only do they not trust the executive branch, they don't trust the judicial branch. All right
3: trust John Bolton? Do you think he's honest yeah, man?
10: Listen, it's not up to me uh, to characterize whether I trust him or not. What I do trust are the facts. And the facts of the matter have not changed. Thank you guys very much. Thanks.
0: Thank you. So the facts don't change, but they want the facts changed. And this is why they had brought on a video. And this is why we have Schiff colluding with the Senate to make a case for witnesses. And you have to think, are they going to get these witnesses? Because he called out every single one of them that he knew will be trying to, uh, will say, well, I really want to talk to Hunter Biden. There's no point. Hunter Biden will not speak. Hunter Biden won't say a word. He doesn't have to. He could clearly Say, I'm sorry, I am advised by my attorney to not speak. I'm sorry, but I have to plead the fifth. Oh, wow. So we got him to plead the fifth and that's a big deal. Not very much so. Listen to this. This is live today, just a few minutes ago. Listen.
7: So that the record is accurate, did House impeachment investigators ask Mr. Bolton to testify? Senators, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, Of course we asked John Bolton to testify in the House, and he refused. Uh, We asked his deputy, um, Dr. Kupperman, to testify, and he refused. Fortunately, we asked their deputy, Dr. Fiona Hill, to testify, and she did. We asked her deputy, Colonel Vindman, to testify, and he did. But we did seek the testimony of John Bolton, uh, as well as Dr. Kupperman, and they refused. When we subpoenaed Dr. Kupperman, he sued us, uh, took us to court. Uh, When we raised a subpoena with John Bolton's counsel, the same counsel for Dr. Kupperman, the answer was, Senator... You serve us with a subpoena, and we will sue you, too. Um, We knew, based on the McGann litigation, it would take months, if not years, to force John Bolton to come and testify. Um, And I should point out, because I think this is an essential point to underscore, as the president's lawyers say, they didn't try hard enough to get John Bolton, or they should have subpoenaed John Bolton. That's what they're telling you. But let me show you what they're telling the court. In the McGahn litigation, if we could pull up slide number 39.
0: Wait a minute. So they asked him to come and he said no, but they didn't subpoena him.
7: This is the president's lawyers in court in the McGahn litigation. In the Court of Appeals right now, quote, the committee, meaning our committee, lacks Article 3 standing to sue to enforce a congressional subpoena demanding testimony from an individual on matters related to duties as an executive branch official. I mean, it takes your breath away, the duplicity of that argument. They're before you saying they should have tried harder to get these witnesses, they should have subpoenaed, they should have litigated for years. And down the street in the federal courthouse, they're arguing, judge, you need to throw them out. They have no standing to sue to force a witness to testify. Are we really prepared to accept that? Now, counsel says, think about the precedent that we would be setting if you allow a House to impeach a president and you permit them to call witnesses. Well, I would submit, think about the precedent you will be setting if you don't allow witnesses in a trial. That, to me, is the much more dangerous precedent here. But I'll I'll tell you there's something even more dangerous.
0: But the thing is, you can't bring new witnesses. You have to bring the ones that you questioned, right? You want new witnesses and new documents. You can't do that. And this trial is bogus because you have no articles of uh, criminal code that are attached to the articles of the fake impeachment.
7: Dangerous. And this was something that we anticipated from the very beginning, which is We understood when we got to this point they could no longer contest the facts that the president withheld military aid from an ally at war to coerce that ally to doing the president's political dirty work. So now they have fallen back on you shouldn't hear any further evidence, any further witnesses on this subject. What's more, we're going to use the the end-all argument, so what? What? Presidents is free to abuse their power. We're going to rely on a constitutional theory, a fringe theory, that even the advocate of which says is outside of the consensus of constitutional law to say that a president can abuse his power with impunity. Now imagine where that leads. A president can abuse his power with impunity.
0: Oh, my gosh. What about the abuse of power by Congress, by the establishment? This is what they're doing. They are abusing their power. They all need to be removed. This is not America, the way they're operating. This is like Venezuela on crack. This has never happened before. They are embarrassing us on a global stage. None of them. None of them deserve to be sitting in the house. None of them need to be where they are right now. They all spoke foreign aid, stolen aid. How many times does that have to happen before people actually get it? They have been using our taxpayer dollars for their benefit Not just the ones in the United States, but globally. They have been using our money. The debt, the $21 has lined their pockets for decades. This has been a long-standing plan. It would have happened. Here's what the future looked like before we stepped in. Here's what the future looked like. It looked very, very sad. Suddenly, in 2018, some event occurs. An event such as war without casualties, per se, epidemics of global proportions. And if that didn't work, an alien invasion stage one, of course. I do not believe that beings that have the ability to travel across galaxies would come here to annihilate us. And just like that, they shut down our communications and they've enslaved us. Just like that, the North American Union joins with the European Union and they become one. Just like that, due to whatever turmoil happened, and we won't know any better, we're suddenly working in the fields and toiling in certain jobs. Banks don't exist anymore. We have government credits. We're all chipped and tagged like cattle that's what would have happened if Hillary Clinton was president not what you see and you know you're going to be like it's not going to happen right away oh yes it did Obama was talking about it before the elections look at it From July, August, and September of 2016, they knew what they wanted to do, and we threw a wrench at it. When we say we are fighting for our freedom, this could have gone the wrong way, it is true. This is why they will try anything to remove this man from office, because he's empowered us, and an empowered nation is a very dangerous one. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.